0: You're listening to the Mining for Mayhem podcast. And you can find me, the phenomenal one, AJ, over at Backseat Bookers.
1: Too sweet. welcome everyone to mining for mayhem this week we are doing a special all elite wrestling we're going to look back on the year that was seeing as we're coming up to the end of 2019 this is going to be one of the last episodes of 2019 we are going to look back on one of the biggest impacts 2019 has had on the wrestling world by looking at the New promotion that's popped up in the past year. Joining me today from the podcast of the Wednesday Night Waller are Kyle and Rylan. How are you tonight, boys?
0: Great, great, great. How are you? Oh,
1: very well. As we were saying in the pre chat, it's just at 10 a.m. here. I think I went to sleep at about seven o'clock this morning, which is when I stopped talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's and yeah so it's been a big year for 2019 especially for AEW it's a brand new promotion that's pretty much popped up in the past year maybe year and a bit
0: yeah basically ever since uh I guess uh, All In was created which is really a, a Ring of Honor promotion or uh, a Ring of Honor show uh, but uh it really it really stemmed from that
1: Yeah, it no, you're definitely right, it really did. It's even though technically AEW was announced at the start of the year in February, I believe, at the press conference, was that correct?
0: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, fill me in with how you guys work. So, AEW has 11 a.m. here, so one of you you were saying watches AEW while the other one watches NXT.
0: Yeah, every week uh, on our podcast, we we basically we we switch back and forth. Uh, So on our our first episode, I guess I'm not our first episode, but uh, we we had a coin toss to decide uh, who was going to start with what Uh, the winner chose the brand. Uh, I won that coin toss and chose AEW to start with purely based on uh, curiosity. And we've been basically switching back and forth ever since.
2: And AEW week is always a week that I think both of us sort of secretly look forward to. As much as I love NXT, there's so much excitement around this new company and so much stuff going on.
1: It's it's definitely something that I, I look forward to watching every time I get the chance. Yeah, and um, when it came to AEW myself, especially with the pay-per-views, I always look forward to. It's when it came to Dynamite, I've always been an NXT boy and I was... I watch all all of it on my phone. I do everything on my phone from tweeting to podcasting to recording to uploading to watching, watching everything, all on my phone. And I use my little, we'll call it a legal site where I bounce back and forth. And (laughs) it got to the point I was found myself watching AEW and I'm watching this really good match. And all I wanted to do was go see what was on NXT and I switched over to um, NXT and I was watching Leo Rush win the Cruiserweight title and ever since then I've just stuck with NXT and I don't even wonder what's happening on AEW. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go to the Bleacher Report and find out the results afterwards. It doesn't even phase me in the slightest. And it's not that it's bad in any way. I I know they put on talented matches. I know they put on some of the Best promos I've ever heard, especially with Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho. But it just doesn't interest me. And I still watch the pay per views live, but it's just dynamite itself doesn't interest me.
0: Well, the last month especially, NXT, I feel like, has really had a, a, a big push with the Survivor Series mix-in. And, and I mean, Kyle and I both discussed over the, the last month that Survivor Series is, is the, the big four pay-per-view that we look forward to the least. But this year, NXT kind of gave it a, a little bit of a, an interest-level peak. And and for me, I, I'll, I'll say AEW is something that I'm very fond of. I, I, I'm loving the fact that I get to go back and forth every week and watch both but nxt was stronger this month and and the last two weeks the ratings have been nxt and it it really goes to show that there really is more to this back and forth than uh, i think some people were thinking it was going to uh uh happen i mean like after the last few seven weeks of AEW winning
1: yeah well that's a crazy thing that's been highly talked about is the ratings and a lot of people go on, oh, AEW's doing so much better because it's dominated the ratings for so many weeks in a row. Then you've got your yeah, NXT fans going, oh, AEW's going down the gurgler because NXT's finally winning the ratings. And it's like, at the end of the day, they're both fantastic wrestling promotions. They're both putting on fantastic shows. And so long as you love professional wrestling, Does it honestly matter who wins the ratings? So my question to both of you is, why do you think people are so obsessed with the ratings?
2: Well, Kyle, I'll let you take it. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. I think um, part of it is always with the new company, I think with AEW coming in, there's always that concern that, given that every bit of competition that WWE has had, They seem to have crushed. There was always that concern that if it didn't get good TV numbers then they weren't going to be able to make enough money to compete with WWE. I think that AEW has had a pretty interesting uh, clip. I think they have enough ratings now they are doing well enough week on week that it doesn't really matter that much so it comes down to enjoyment of the product if you happen to like aew better that's great there's a lot of great matches going on there's a lot of great stuff going on if you like nxt better that's great too they've got a lot of great stuff going on too i think the ratings matter to a degree just to you know make sure the shows are going to stay alive much more so for AEW than NXT because NXT is pulling better numbers than USA would get any other night. But yeah, I think I think it, it matters a little bit, but not so much. I think it's more about the quality of the wrestling and what you happen to enjoy.
0: I, I will say too, I think wrestling fans have had it bashed into their heads for the last 25 years that without good ratings, the company is going to be destroyed. And, and I mean, you, you think about... AEW structure they are getting their episodes paid for by tnt every week this company is not losing any money they're not making much but they they have a big spot uh, a big spotlight on them on tnt and the ratings don't necessarily matter all that much like they at the end of the day they're on a big channel and people are watching and i think that's what matters
1: Mm. and the one thing dynamite's currently got on nxt is since they both went head to head Dynamite's the only one to go over 1 million viewers. So my take on the whole thing is like, for me, at the end of the day, it's just wrestling. But my theory as to why people care is they want to, like, for instance, we'll go the NXT fans. They want to see their favorite brand win. And they they don't want to see their brand go off the air. So they want to know that their brand's doing well ratings-wise. My take on it is so long as you support your favorite brand they'll keep on putting on great wrestling shows and that's all that matters absolutely yeah i couldn't agree with you more so you're saying before that um the history of aew was essentially from all in um which was a ring of honor show if we want to Get technical and look back on it, you could almost say that the history of Ring of Honor starts back in May of 2017 and it goes back to a comment made by Dave Meltzer, which is absolutely nuts because he um, stated that um, Ring of Honor wouldn't be able to sell a wrestling event with over 10,000 tickets.
0: Yeah, it, it was a comment that he made that he certainly had to eat his words over, but that's the thing with Dave Meltzer is, I mean, like, I I appreciate him for who he is as a as a wrestling journalist, but sometimes he, he makes mistakes, and this was one of his biggest, I think.
2: And I think it just goes to show the ingenuity of Cody Rhodes and of Kenny and of the elite and all of the wrestlers who... Really, like It was a Ring of Honor show, and Ring of Honor definitely had a big hand in it. But the amount of work that those wrestlers put in to make that show as great as it was and to make all of their subsequent shows just as high quality and impressive, it goes to show, and then even uh, week to week on Dynamite, it goes to show how much care they have about this and how much they want the opportunity to do wrestling their way. And they're getting that opportunity right now. Yeah.
1: And it all led to that first um, promotion for All In. Um, What was your guys' take on All In? How did that do for you? Was it what you thought it would be?
0: Uh, Absolutely. I thought it was like the all-star game of the indies you had an nwa title match that with cody and nick aldis that i'll argue for that year could have been match of the year in a sense that like that arena was so behind cody Rhodes winning the nwa title that everything else on the car everything every other spectacular match you talk about your hangman pages uh, versus uh uh, joey janella you talk about ed Pentagon Jr. versus uh, Kenny Omega, Cody versus Nick Aldis was the show stealer on that card, and it was your simple back and forth American style wrestling. And to to say that 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 react they could get that reaction is something special. I think.
2: Yeah, it was incredible how many guys they were able to get onto that show, and just how much everybody bought into it. Uh, getting you know the Golden Elite. Uh, getting Rey Mysterio on that show, Okada, Omega, um the Lucha Brothers. They even got Jericho. Yeah, they even got Chris Jericho. It's and just looking back on it, it's so cool how many of those uh, people bought into it 100% and absolutely loved this. It was it was really cool. It was it was a start of an era and it's neat to see how far they've come.
1: So, what was your match of the night?
0: Oh, it had to be Cody and Nicole. This for me, at least.
1: Um, I don't know.
2: I I was sort of torn between the uh, the four way uh, women's match was really cool too. Uh, the uh, Tessa Blanchard, Doctor Britt Baker, Chelsea Green, Madison Rain, That was up there too for me. And I think the the tag match at the end, even with it being cut short and everything like that, just seeing. Uh Coda and the Young Bucks and Mysterio and all of them get that opportunity. It was they, there were a lot of great matches on that card.
0: It's funny, you got the you got the match before that being Marty Skrull and, and uh, Okada going long and almost uh, making the the pay-per-view itself uh, go over time, but it's funny you'll you'll never see that match again because I don't think you'll ever see Okada leave New Japan and I think Marty Skrull is destined to wind up in all elite.
1: Yeah, and I think the only way we'll ever see that is if we do see, for instance, AEW versus NJPW, like we have with Impact in Lucha Underground, for instance. But I don't know. For me, um, the four-corner co- four survival match with the four women where Tessa Blanchard had won that match against Baker, Green, and Madison Rain, that was probably one of the matches of the night for me. But another one that, to me, that was really underrated was... Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell and I think Stephen Amell has grown a lot in the ring since his first SummerSlam match with Neville
0: yeah he he was one of those guys one of the celebrities that when he came in he took it seriously and he he got in ring shape and and he learned how to do some spots and quite frankly you're right he, he was impressive And a guy like Christopher Daniels, he's been in the business so long, he could wrestle a broomstick, and and he could have a great match. So leading Stephen Amell, a guy who's taking it seriously through it, I I think, yeah, you're right. It was a great match
2: and a really great spot with the table. And it had the potential to go in that whole David Arquette uh, route where it just feels like a celebrity getting involved for, for the sake of having it. And the fact that Stephen Amell committed as hard as he did to it and the fact that Chris, uh, Christopher Daniels took it as seriously as he did as well, it made for an entertaining moment, and it was one of the, the high points, I think, for celebrity involved in wrestling for the year or even the decade.
1: Yeah. And with that big success of All In, it created waves around the world. It did have its downsides, as we were saying before, like, the fantastic match between Okada and Skull led to the pay-per-view nearly ending early. They went, I believe they went off air earlier than expected. They, they basically cut,
0: the, 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 the match was cut so short that they were three seconds, I believe, away from being cut
1: off on pay-per-view. Yeah, and so basically going on from all in, it was, come the new year in 2019, it was technically created, from what I'm reading, the Young Bucks and Cody had um, the official announcement of AEW's creation came at midnight Pacific time on January 1st, 2019, in an episode of Being the Elite's YouTube web series. And that's been a huge part of making this all happen was the, the web series of Being the Elite.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's easily one of the best uh, wrestling watches uh, you could find on YouTube. The, the amount of laughs and enjoyment I've got out of uh, BTE since its insurgence has been uh, endless. Like, uh, if anyone isn't, list- or isn't watching that every week, you should be.
2: And how many times do you hear, like, Hollywood stories and uh, stories in different mediums where, you know, it's just a group of people who had a dream and an idea and just threw something together and believed in it and put their creative vision behind it and it becomes a success. It's really cool for wrestling to have one of those stories as well. and That's absolutely what Being the Elite has become. I mean, like, look at it this way. Every match that was built on uh,
0: All In was built on Being the Elite. It's been a platform that they've used so well
1: for so long now that I think wrestling fans trust it. And it's great to see him take something off the internet and make something of it. A company doing something based off what Superstar is doing online and then putting it into their program is what WWE tried to do with Zack Ryder so many years ago and then failed miserably.
0: Yeah, you know what? In that case, I feel like they were never going to go 100% with him. Uh, It's it's really sad because he's a guy who's, He's a a case that a lot of other guys have there. Been there a long time, should have got their run, but they don't want to go with these guys. And I think now with AEW, they're going to have to start changing some things up and going with certain guys that they wouldn't normally go with because otherwise they might go somewhere else and they might be successful there.
2: And the thing is, the big thing that I've really enjoyed about AEW – um that i really wish would happen more in wwe the guys who get themselves over are given some cool opportunities and are given some interesting pushes even this early on you look at a group like the private party who i am a massive massive fan of who i'd never heard of before we started this uh, whole endeavor uh the crowd gets behind them they wrestle an exciting style and they are given an opportunity to do a triple threat tag title match on a pay per view. Like that's that's really cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so once they all signed up, um, it was Cody and the Young Bucks were the first three people to become members of All Elite when they signed on as um, wrestlers themselves or active competitors. That happened on January second, and then you've got the Khans who are in charge of the company, so Tony as basically the face behind who's in charge, other than obviously Cody, the Bucks, and Omega. But the ownership comes down to um, Tony's father, Shahid himself. Is it Shahid, the way it's pronounced? I believe so. And, yeah, I so don't... that... Sorry? Is yeah, Shahid? Think... Yeah, Shahid Khan, I think. Hmm. And yeah, so the cons are billionaires for those that don't know. They, the ownership group of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Ful- Fulham FC from the Premier League, which is actually something I didn't know. I knew they were the owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I didn't know they owned Fulham.
2: Yeah, they've got a, I, I Tony, um, Shahid, I think has a much greater interest in, uh, in football than, uh, than tony does but tony just had this love of wrestling and i think he sort of pushed for this and got the money and got the backing and it's turned into
1: a pretty cool thing Mm. and yeah obviously we saw um, cody's wife brandy she was announced as the chief brand officer on january 3rd and then at the tiaa bank field um they had a press conference on january 8th So infamous press conference where a a lot happened it wasn't a huge press conference it wasn't promoted hugely worldwide but because of the events of that press conference it went viral and it was a lot happened so basically not much happened but yet a lot happened at the same time i mean we saw we knew randy rose was the chief brand officer that's that press conference is where she coined herself the Chief Brandy Officer. I hate that pun, but it's so good <laughs> at the same time. That's hilarious, but disgusting at the same time. I love a good pun. And then, obviously, you've got the announcement of the former Ring of Honor wrestlers, where they announced SoCal on Central or SCU. They announced um, Hangman, Adam Page, Independent wrestlers such as brett baker you know she's a doctor by the way did anyone know that she's a doctor
0: yeah she's a she's a a dentist i believe she practiced at the same school as isaac
1: breaking news here on mining for mayhem brett baker is a dentist (laughs) and then obviously they've announced Joey Janela as well, and then former WWE wrestlers, Chris Jericho. And then Pac came from out of nowhere because he was having his issues with WWE at the time. So to see him come out, he'd just been released into Dragon Gate and had a couple of matches there. But no one was expecting Pac or Adrian Neville to show up at this press conference, I think that I've heard that first name in so long. (laughs) (laughs) I know because it was, it's currently Pac or the bastard Pac. Yes. Before that, it was Neville. And before Neville, when he was actually on NXT, it was Adrian Neville. It was literally his debut on the main roster. But back when it used to be getting called up, now it's getting to coin Tommaso Ciampa horizontal or vertically shafted <laughs> cuz they NXT said goodbye to their current or well, now former referee Jess, she's now going to be on smackdown yeah, yeah so they did that last week saw that send off it was a, it was a nice touching tribute to, for her for sure yeah it's and the crowd even got behind her it, it was a re- she's actually got charisma on the mic
0: Certainly somebody who's been around for a long time at, with the WWE since, I believe, the first Mae Young Classic. So, uh, she's probably picked up a thing or two from what she's seen.
1: Yeah, she cut a mm. solid promo. Oh, yeah. It's something I was not expecting from a referee. I just expected her to get on the mic and say a f- farewell. But that wasn't just a referee on a mic. She, Like you said, she cut a solid promo. And she's got charisma. Like, she wants to get in the ring. She could give Ripley and Baszler maybe not in the ring at the ring, but if she went on the mic, she could give them a run for their money.
0: Certainly, let's book it, let's book it (laughs)
1: 100%. So, from there, we're now into the February of 2019 it's like we're only into february now so much has happened for AEW. It hasn't even had its first official pay-per-view yet this is where they held their um another press conference where tickets were released for the first pay-per-view of double or nothing or don and then your other big announcements include kenny omega joining as a competitor the company's fourth co executive vice president. How, uh, and they also announced the signings of the Lucha brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix, best friends, Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor, and a partnership with Mexican promotion Lucha Libre, AAA Worldwide. What my question here is how do you feel about AEW having? Four executive vice presidents that are all wrestlers. Uh, it's
0: it certainly it, it's gonna bring into question some of the calls made. I think at some points, I think they're gonna they're leaving themselves open for that. But yeah. that being said, we've been we've seen nine weeks of TV, and I wouldn't say any of those care character be it cody be it the bucks be it kenny omega have seen substantial pushes to the point where they um should th- there should be any flack on the fact that they're booking the show
1: yeah and i mean we've seen cody get in the number one contenders tournament a lot of people expected the bucks to win that tag team tournament but they, but they were out
2: first win. round
1: yeah and not just that, they went out in a major upset, a fantastic match, and they made another team look like superstars in doing so.
2: Yeah, that private party, Young Bucks match—it's probably my, it might be my favorite AEW match uh, of the year. Uh, it was such an incredible showing for both teams, and, and for to get private party that rub. I think that's sort of the big thing about um, these guys still being the executive vice presidents is, uh, even beyond their stuff they're probably contributing behind the scenes, they have been pushing so many of these wrestlers up the card so aggressively, and it's been working. All of these guys that have seen their star rise since the start of AEW, which hasn't been that old. It's very impressive, and it's it's good to see these guys get opportunities like uh, your Darby Allens, like MJF is now starting to get that kind of a push. Sam Diego <laughs> is getting a big rub from being a part of Chris Jericho's little uh, stable group. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's really cool seeing these guys get this this kind of opportunity, and I think that comes back to the fact that uh, Jackson's and uh, Cody and Kenny just sort of get it. They, they seem to understand this business really well. And until I'm proven otherwise, I think people are
1: sort of to be okay with them being in charge. So what do you think that like, there's obviously been comparisons made to the four of them being EVPs to compared to WCW back in the late nineties and how a lot of the wrestlers there had creative control. And that was one of the reasons for the downfall of WC one of the many reasons for the downfall of WCW. How do you think, it compares to that and what's the difference
0: i think the big difference is that time has come and gone and people are wiser to to that to to the problems that could be caused by that I, i get it it's still pro wrestling and i get it that these guys have egos you have to in this business but to that, that being said, TNT has also been here, too, and they know what can and can't be done. And if these guys are coming in and in the time that's already been spent uh, for TV, if they're still, you know, keeping up the product and, and not putting too much of themselves into it, then I really don't think that we're going to run into the same problem as you had with your Kevin Nash's or with your... Uh, Vince Rousseau's or any of these guys that, that had problems in the 90s I really I, I hear that sentiment and, I, and I, I, get, I understand it but I just don't think that we're living in that time anymore and I don't think that we've got anybody on this roster that has the ego of your Hulk Hogan's or any of those guys
2: I think um, even moreover I think the big thing about it is that these guys are cr- trying to create a legacy. And the only way they're going to be able to create a sustained legacy is once they're done as competitors, they need another class of people to take the reins and keep this company going. And if you just keep squashing them, then you're not going to get that, and the fans aren't going to be invested in it either.
1: Yeah. Um, it's one of the things that like, I've seen, it actually has nothing specifically to do with... Um, aew but they had a e3 i think it's called e3 gaming tournament where they it's a huge event and one thing we saw was um not the golden what do they call it the omega elite where what do they call it where kenny omega is and the bucks
0: are- i believe that was the original elite
1: mm. So we saw those three come face-to-face with the New Day. Did you see th- that at all?
0: Yeah, that was some of the best uh, video footage I've ever seen from any video game con- uh, convention. Uh, I would watch that every day of the week. Those two teams being together, even in, in that, was I, I like I- it made me want the match even more. And then and we they
2: just started entertaining they all ooze charisma too. And watching uh, Xavier have to eat those hot peppers at the end and watch the New Day react to all of that and just everything around it, the amount of charisma and back and forth, it was fantastic. It was really fun to watch.
0: If anyone's who, who's listening to this is listen to our show, we're both big New Day fans. So the New Day and the Elite, the, we would always want to watch that.
1: And yeah, no, they would will... Going back and forth on the, especially after their best of five series towards the end, and what, watching Xavier Woods eat that. And then suddenly Kenny Omega's jumped in and said, Anything you can do, I can do better. And then he's gone to do it. And then they've had to stop Kenny and his ego trying to outdo Xavier. And that's when they're both exhausted and gasping for air because they were, was it the Carolina Reapers they were eating?
2: i think so yeah it was it was a very hot pepper i believe it was a carolina reaper
1: so interesting story i've actually found at my local supermarket um coles i found carolina reapers there and i made a dish and i chopped up three carolina reapers and put it amongst a mince dish that i made up with some mint some spinach spinach some Peas and corn and carrot and broccoli and cauliflower and all these all these vegetables added some soy sauce and it tasted really good but it was so hot and they said I I took some into work to, for my co-workers to try and they were all like challenging themselves to for the ones that do like hot food, to try and eat it and they all thought it was fine and we obviously had one of my co-workers. Um, She tried some, and she's like, oh, this tastes really sweet. I like it. And the heat didn't (laughs) phase her at all. And here I am standing, and they said my face went red and really dry. And then my mistake is I was sweating so much that I dried myself off with my shirt. What I didn't realize is when I was cooking, all the um, steam and the juice had uh, steamed up Onto my shirt. Oh, so no. I wiped it across my face. And I had to leave. When I ended up leaving work. About 10 minutes later. I had to drive home. while try- Attempting to keep my eyes open. And we're all just pissing ourselves <laughs> laughing. They've got their phones <laughs> out. Filming it. Luckily enough. I lived like. Two minutes away from work. and I'm, I'm in a very small town. There's no traffic lights where I live. So that's the beauty of it.
0: Well, yeah, I would guess so if you behind the wheel.
1: <laughs> and then, um, so next thing with the AEW, it went to, they obviously announced their meteorite deals. Now they've got an ITV deal in the UK where it gets broadcast on ITV. ITV with their pay-per-views being broadcast on the ITV box office. And there was a lot of controversy behind that, so tell us about that. Are you guys aware of the controversy in the UK with their UK TV deal?
0: I believe it. Not air, uh, Dynamite not air till Sunday night.
1: Yeah, so I get it. We don't get it at all in Australia. So we have to go online and watch it wherever we can. And I don't even believe we get um, NXT. We do get Raw and SmackDown on pay TV where you have to pay something like 80 bucks a month for cable and then you get all these package deals and it airs on Fox 8. Or you can watch it on free TV, which costs you nothing. But that won't air till the weekends where Friday night they'll put on Raw and I think saturday night or sunday night now they put on smackdown but you've got to wait all week just to watch raw if you don't pay for it or go online and watch it somewhere else but yeah so with the uk i believe it's whereas in wednesday they don't get it till is it four in the morning it airs on itv i believe so yes it's something crazy over there
0: I do remember hearing an uproar about it when it did happen, um, but that being said, up, uh, us up here in Canada, um, we we didn't have a TV deal till I believe the day before uh, Dynamite aired, so we were sweating it out ourselves.
2: Yeah, it was literally the day before, and Ron and I were wondering what we're gonna do because I'm sitting here waiting for them to announce it, and we assumed that the channel that ended up getting it is called TSN in Canada. And we assumed that they were going to get it because their sports broadcasting rival uh, Sportsnet broadcast all the WWE stuff, but they didn't announce it until literally the day before they went to air.
1: Oh wow, that's really interesting. So, come May, May 25th. We're now at our first a official pay-per-view a, w or sorry, our first official AEW pay-per-view, which was AEW Double double or Nothing. And this was held in the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. And this one drew approximately 11,000. It had a huge buy rate, though, of um, just over 100,000, 109 to 111, they're saying. And what was your match of the night for Double or Nothing?
0: Kyle, I'll let you go first with this one.
2: Oh, I gotta remember back to Double or Nothing. Um, I have a hard time with this one. I I feel like it was it had no. I have to think about it. No, it had to be Cody Dawson.
0: Yeah, I I hundred percent agree with him. Uh, that match. Is my match of the year uh, I don't think no matter who What combination you put together I don't care if it's New Japan, WWE, NXT uh, Anywhere The That match meant more To the wrestling world I think It was like It was almost like a, a, I, I like to look at that match Like the perfect goodbye to Dusty Rhodes because it had both of his sons competing in a match that should have happened in WWE. But had it happened in WWE, it would not have been as powerful as it was.
1: Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And I'm totally agreeing with you here. Because they were in a tag team in WWE. Then they split up when Cody turned on Gold Dust, And this is back when Dusty was still alive. And Dusty was... Essentially starting with Doldos and trying to make Cody see reason. And I think they had one match which ended with a, I can't even remember who won that match, but it was meant to lead up. At least everyone thought it was going to lead up to a feud between the two at WrestleMania, but it never came to be. And even Cody came out himself saying it wasn't the right time for it.
0: Well, and and you know what, like I said before, I, I don't think the company would have handled it as, as, as properly as it should have been. Like, I I think there's there's a, a group of people out there who are wrestling fans who think that, you know what, it was a it was a very violent, bloody match. Um, But whether you, and I'm and I'm not a huge hardcore wrestling fan like that's not my that's not my style. But I think blood is. Uh, something that is necessary in wrestling at times now this match turned into like uh, bloodbath but at the same time when you think about the story of the match when you think about the competitors of the match which when you think about the importance of this being cody's first uh, aew match um, i think you have to uh, really think that, th- that this match, you know, was in the perfect place at the perfect time, and and Dustin can still go. He 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 made Cody, you know, look like he was wrestling a twenty five year old version of himself, and he consistently does
2: that. And mm. it, we hadn't seen him wrestle in WWE for almost a year, I think.
1: Yeah, well, the, when I think of um, Dustin Rhodes, the last feud I remember him having was with r Truth, and that fizzled out into nothing
0: as most things do with our truth
1: one of his but that's the thing our truth kept going with momentum and then gold had just turned heel and then gold dust just disappeared into the background but then one of his one of gold dust's best matches before he left the company was actually a first time ever match with john cena And I remember that match and how good it was. It caught me off guard.
0: The man consistently has stayed or has gotten himself into amazing shape, and he did it years ago when the Rhodes brothers had their tag team run against the Shield. The guy knows what he's doing in there. He's he's been in this business since like the late '80s, early '90s. Like, and Cody, it 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 really they they work well with each other, whether they're standing against from against each other or whether they're side by side there's a a chemistry between brothers that it's undeniable you see the same thing with the hardy boys
1: Mm. oh yeah absolutely um so with double or nothing in the um pre-show they had the first ever casino battle royale which was something that had never been seen before it was basically like a royal rumble but they entered four at a time and or five at a time and that They did something... No, hold on. They started with four in the ring. And then they had four groups of people enter at a time. Four in a row. And then... all three in a row. Then they had their Joker enter. uh, The one man, which was Adam Page, who was the last person in. What was your take on the 21-man casino battle royale?
2: It was interesting that in that match... Because uh, they had promised that the winner of that was going to go on to do the world championship match, so to me that me- meant there's only so many people that could have won it, and I do think they made the best choice of that with Adam Page taking that. But it was it was that's really an interesting way to go about a battle royal. Obviously, uh, the Royal Rumble is sort of one of those events that I think brings the wrestling world together just because of how exciting it is and all of the returns and the format is is really great. So for them to create something that was similar in concept, but just that little bit different, uh, getting those groups to come out together, it was... it was.
1: Yeah, and this Battle Royale, we only knew so many of the names going in, we probably knew maybe twenty-five percent of the people who were actually in the match. A lot of it was just surprise after surprise. Or if it wasn't a surprise, it was four people walking down to the ring and you only probably recognized one of those faces out of the four people in every group. And then there was a then there was another surprise of, oh, oh my God, he's in there. And then the other two were just complete unknowns.
0: Yeah, and it's not that's not even necessarily a bad thing because I think if this company started with a bunch of people that you already know, a bunch of guys who you've seen in WWE and didn't work out, they'd be nothing, they'd be no better than Impact was when they were uh, at their height and they were just taking the, the bottom barrel WWE rejects and putting them on top, and it wasn't working because it didn't work in the first place. Uh, I think you you need to needed to establish ye, um, one youthful, two uh, different talent that you ne- not haven't necessarily seen. The one thing that's the the Bucks and 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 Cody and Kenny Omega have the advantage of is they they've toured the indie scene, frivolously uh, and and for a long time. So they know who the best of the best are. I saw the young Bucks against who are now known as the Dark Order. Uh, when they were known as the Super Smash Bros at a Ring of Honor New Japan show years a couple years ago. These guys had an amazing match. An amazing match. And now, a tag team that I saw at an indie show two years ago is being heavily featured on TNT every week. It's, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. So, with the Battle Royale, what was your favorite moment of the match? And who, which unknown got the biggest rub from that match or who was made to be a star from that match That from a complete unknown? From unknown to never heard of to, I now know of this guy because of this match.
2: That's a good question.
1: Um, I, that was
2: one of my first uh, experiences with Jungle Boy, I think.
0: Yeah, same with Marty, or sorry, not Marty Skrull, um, but Marco Stunt, uh, who are now knows, known as the Jungle Express, and yeah, go, Kyle, go on.
2: Yeah, that like, he he was a cool, I think, uh, I had seen, I think I had seen Luchasaurus maybe once before, but I think he had a, a bunch of eliminations in that match as well, um, oh, it's hard to say, there were, there were a lot of, it was a combination of indie guys that I had enjoyed, uh, even like MJF who I had seen a couple times in a few shows but he had a nice showing in that match as well I think he was the, the person who Adam Page beat to win it
1: yeah it's those two were the last people I mean for me one of the moments or one of my favorite moments of that match was where Jimmy Havoc used the staple gun Like I'd heard of Jimmy Havoc before I, he was on my radar but I'd never seen him wrestle I knew what he looks like I knew who he was, but I'd never seen him wrestle. And I've gone into that match because I love that sort of extreme stuff. And I'd seen him come into this match and I'm like, I love this guy. I want to watch more of him. But the star maker for that match that I'd never heard of, for me, was probably the most controversial one. Orange Cassidy. What do you guys make of that? Orange Cassidy being his style of, or if you can call it a style, his lazy style of wrestling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we here at Wednesday Night Wallop love Orange Cassidy.
2: Yeah, we're absolutely a pro Orange Cassidy podcast. He, it's, it's so much fun to see something so totally different in the world of wrestling and to see the fans just buy into it wholeheartedly. When he does his kicks on episodes of Dynamite, um, the the fans sell them as though they're watching the best super the best switch in music that uh, Shawn Michaels ever delivered. It's great.
0: It's something to be said that guy can go out there and and perform with his style if you can or lack thereof. And, and get the reactions that he does, and people, he, 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 every, every week he's on uh, Dynamite, somebody has something to say about him on Twitter, or there's a gif on Twitter, it, it, it's, uh, the guy is a, a, a viral sensation, and I don't think that you should be stopping that.
2: Also the camp up with the hands
1: in the pockets is just really cool. <laughs> yeah. And the real, uh, instead of a super kick, it's a super tap almost. Uh, he got a real big rob that night from Tommy Dreamer.
0: Absolutely, he, he uh, Tommy Dreamer a guy though that like he's been in this business so long that, and, and he's so giving that uh, he's the perfect guy to put over an Orange Cassidy because people will, they'll get behind Orange Cassidy even more if they know that the guy who he's you know doing these moves to is as respectable as Tommy Dreamer.
1: Yeah, and that's. Um, exactly, yeah. And so, we're all in agreement that we all like to drink a little bit of the orange. Oh, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Freshly squeezed every week.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Although, no pulp. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have pulp in my orange juice. It's just something I don't do. It's something I've never liked but that's a totally different story for a totally different day. But coming up to that, we've now got 10 minutes to um, AEW and NXT start. So we will conclude part one of our AEW special. So listeners, guys, everyone who's listening to us, make sure you stay tuned for AEW part two. We will let you know when that's scheduled to come out. Boys, where can they find the Wednesday Night Wallopers on social media?
0: Kyle, I'll let you go first.
2: All right, I'll go first for my own personal Twitter account that I should use more often than I do, but uh, here goes. It is at K J. that is L E R E G E N D A R Y K J. And then they can check out uh, Wednesday Night Wallop uh, on Facebook search up Wednesday night wallop and uh the twitter page uh rylan
0: is at wn wallop uh we are that's our twitter page for uh with the the podcast itself i you can find me on twitter at, at @rt sports report um yeah all of our stuff is on our facebook page and then on our twitter page that's where you can find all the podcasts
1: Awesome. So make sure you go like, subscribe and do all that fantastic stuff. Help us all out. You can find me at Aussie Lucian, A U S S I E L U T I O N. Our episodes are now getting uploaded to YouTube. I am also on um, Instagram now as well. I've just created that up. So go subscribe to me on Instagram. Keep up to date with everything going under the Aussieverse. <laughs> Happy new year guys. We will see you all next year. Boys, thanks for taking your time out of your night and racing home and doing everything to join me this morning. It's obviously we're all over the world in total time zone differences. It's absolute craziness.
0: Yeah, we got three time zones on this podcast. I think that's
1: great. And a Pacific (laughs) Ocean between us too. Uh,
0: You know what? Thank you for having us on. This is awesome and I can't wait for part two. I really can't.
1: Yeah, part two finishing off this because there's so much with AEW Um, part 2 will be absolutely fantastic and I look forward to it Um, hopefully 2020 is um, great for you guys it is, by the time everyone's listening to us 3 talk about AEW, Christmas has already happened but for us right now or at least for me, it is currently Thursday the 5th of December, you guys are still on the 4th yeah so this will be coming out on the 30th i believe of december or at least the 30th my time so happy new year to everyone that's listening hopefully you guys are all enjoying your holidays take care and we will see you for part two i am out and we will catch you next time have fun guys see ya